Hello, my name's Luke, and welcome to Space Goat. So you might notice the name is slightly different. This isn't Scapegoat, it's Space Goat. And the reason for this is I'm just changing the format of this slightly. We're still going to do a Scapegoat, but the episode I want to do today is just slightly out there, slightly different. So I didn't want to label it with the rest. This is more of a kind of spin-off, sideshow, side case that... I can do anything, so I can suddenly do a music show, or I can suddenly do a video show, do anything, just put it under the name Space Code. Hopefully that's exciting, and uh, I've managed to rope in someone for the very first episode. He's appeared on the main podcast one time before, and uh, he was contractually obligated to appear again. I'd like to introduce my guest, Johnny Disaster. My plea deal. Ev. I, I'm glad to be here, I guess. Yeah, or glad, glad that I have to be here. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, you're kind of obligated. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's good. I think we're in a good place that uh, you still owe me residuals of disaster artists, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I mean, unfortunately, I thought when, I, when you were signing up that uh, it also included the Greg Sestero film, so... <laughs> No, I tried to swing that too. But... Uh, I think that for me, that would be the ultimate crossover. Was Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero always do the sort of touring thing around the UK or Prague when I was there? Like, if you ever saw like Greg or Tommy in Dublin, would you be tempted to try and reach out to get them on your podcast? I don't. I don't know if Tommy's been over here, but the uh, the Sugar Club in town regularly has uh, screenings of the room. And Greg has been over to a few for a Q&A afterwards. Now, I don't think they've done them in a few years. Not since the, the film, anyway. The, the disaster artist film. But, yeah, I'm sure he'll be over again. I, I would be tempted. It's, it is still a tenuous link to us. Like, uh, uh, our names are kind of similar. Do you want to come on and talk about Apocalypse? <laughs> I, I think a lot of the time is you have to throw stuff out there and uh, just see what the universe throws back just sometimes you think here i can't actually get this person but who knows like you may end up getting your skeet ulrich one day well that's i mean one can dream so just in case i would say everyone who has listened to the podcast probably knows who you are but could you tell us a little bit about disaster artists to start off just for anyone who doesn't know who you are uh, yeah, well, I'm very bad at selling it, but it's basically a movie survival podcast where we just take the scenarios from mainly movies, kind of any work of fiction, and try and work out how you could survive it in real life with like not a not too serious of a tone. Sometimes we'll do serious topics like Chernobyl and that, but uh, yeah, it's typically it's very light. It's a comedy podcast, like, but. For me, I really like when Johnny and Shane's podcast goes slightly off the wall and they're surviving movies that you don't think are horror films, but then they kind of sell you on the idea of them really being horror films. That's like a concept that when you occasionally do that, those are always my favorites. Like, say, Home Alone or something like that? Oh, you know, Home Alone or the Willy Wonka one. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see you do... Uh, another kind of children's film but has a really kind of like edge to it 
Oh, you recommended something recently, actually. What was it? There was a good idea. Or was it you? Oh, I can't actually remember. Oh, did you you mentioned one on the North Korea episode, didn't you? What were Oh, uh Pulgasari, the North Korean Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, you see, if we, it's a shame we you didn't do that episode around the same time we done Godzilla, because it'd been a great follow up to our gods to do Godzilla and then do that. You see you see the unfortunate thing was that I actually had recorded it when you had Godzilla was your last episode. Really? But then when I was just about to release it, then you put out like the survey, what's the next film? And I think the next one was Quiet Place. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh man, Pulgasari is a weird film in case anyone ever gets the chance that, uh, have you ever seen it? I've seen bits of it. I've never seen it in its entirety. Have you? Yeah. I did. I watched it for the podcast and, uh, I watched the full thing, yeah. Is it easy enough found? It is, actually. I found it on Daily Motion. Oh, okay. If you imagine North Korean copyright isn't the easiest thing for them to upkeep. Yeah, yeah, true. But I thought, like, once once they realized that there was kind of an anti-communist message in it, that they might have worked to remove it. I think Kim Jong-il thought it was a pro-communist message because... Pogasari was supposed to be capitalism. The first it frees the workers, then it kind of re-enslaves them. And that's why he dies at the end when the girl jumps into a giant metal bell. But again, it's kind of enjoyable. But, you know... Pogasari does die in the end. Pogasari does die in the end. I wouldn't recommend you watch much North Korean cinema, but again, I haven't watched that much of it. Sounds like a good one to go with. And have you seen his other one, the the other one Kim Jong produced or whatever? Was that made? Was that made by Shin, the guy he kidnapped? I don't know. I no, I don't think so. It's one. It's called like the Schoolgirls Diary or something. I don't think so. No, no, no. That's that's not something I've come across. Yeah, I haven't seen anything of it. I just know it exists. Well, I was going to say recent, but it was like he he was involved in it with it very late in life, like 2005, 2006 or that, like pretty much right before he died. Or when did he die, actually? 2011. Right, okay. But uh, yeah, no, I think Pulgasari would have been a good episode. But yeah, if anyone doesn't know Johnny, I would totally advise you to give him a listen. But I would too. Today, we're going to talk about Something slightly smaller than a Pulgasari. Yeah, the thing that we're going to talk about today are mice. Are you uh, are you cool with mice? Yeah, normally? yeah, no, I am. No, uh, yeah, no, I'm normally completely cool with mice. Like uh, when I was growing up, my dad actually bred snakes, so you had to get out like frozen mice or like feed them mice. So yeah, it's just something that I kind of got uh, used to. Wow. Like, just for sport? Like, just as a side, sort of? Oh, if I'd gone too far into it, it was just my brother. Like, we could never get a cat or a dog. And my brother was kind of like one of these kind of guys. He was like, oh, I want a snake. I want a snake. And he kind of kept doing it with my mom and dad till he eventually got a snake. And then my dad just kind of got fascinated by the concept of it. And then he got another one. Then he got another one. And then he kind of real. 
then he kind of realized you could breed them. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Wow. Doesn't have them anymore, but uh, no, it was kind of like a fun period for 10 years. How many years. like would you have had at like any given time? At, at a peak? Um, 30 or 40? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was kind of interesting, but you know, since we kind of have ended up getting a dog, and I have to admit, it is far <laughs> better than uh, a room of snakes. Yeah, it's really hard to teach a snake how to play dead. <laughs> Why well, would the yeah? But uh, they might roll over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So we're pretty fine with mice. I'm going to read a little bit of a relationship column, and uh, we're going to talk. A bit about relationship advice when it comes to certain aspects. So this comes from Reddit and it comes from the relationships board. Plenty of people looking for like why their significant other might be cheating on them or some form of heartbreak. And this story comes from a 34-year-old female who's pregnant and struggling with her husband, who's a 35-year-old male's lack of support regarding their in-law's behavior. How can she improve the situation? This sounds like pretty typical for that kind of board where people would just be asking for relationship advice and getting on with your in-laws could be actually quite difficult, I've heard. I've been happily married for 10 years now and I'm still very much in love and he's my best friend and we normally never argue. I'm not even sure if this is an argument, but it left me feeling lonely, unsupported, and isolated from his family. The relationship with his parents has been strained. They own a number of mouse figurines, and they are made of different materials, including a giant paper mache one called Timothy. Each one of them has their own whole character profile, with backstories, preferences, family relations, etc., and all of them are seen as part of the family. Timothy is even my in-law's grandchild. <laughs> it's a pretty typical stuff, Johnny. We've all been there. Like, it's pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always put up on my Tinder profile, like, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my Beanie Baby friends. <laughs> now, from the get-go there, my first question is, with the backstory, do you think, like, is do they have their own canon, or do you, do you think the backstory changes day to day? Like how how sort of true to the continuity do you think they are? I would say it's like old school for storytelling that you start off with a base thing, but like you know, if the husband suddenly says like, "Oh, dude, do you remember that time Timothy did a sweet backflip?" Yeah, yeah. His wife might suddenly the next couple of days be like, "Oh yeah, Timothy's a backflip champion." And yeah. Then suddenly Timothy is like a cool skater dude. Do you think there's a case where, like, you know, somebody, I don't know, a neighbor brings over, like, cookies for them, like, oh, Timothy loves cookies, and that's something that doesn't really stick, because it's not, you know, they just said it in the moment because the neighbor brought them? I would guess that they might suddenly be like, oh, dude, Timothy's, like, uh, got a nut allergy or something, and just, you know, those sorts of things, idiosyncratic things might uh, tend to stick. But, you know, I can imagine having a bit of a mouse family. Might be a bit weird, but... Let's go into a few more details here, Johnny, okay? So back into the story. What unsettles me is they constantly talk as them with other mice and even other guests. They'll use a high-pitched tone 
and they'll talk in the matter of litter children would use. For instance, my husband's father will squeakily say, My tummy hurts! I'm hungry! while wiggling a mouse plushie in my face. I'm expected to then answer the mouse and get it, not him, something to eat. They do this constantly, and in fact, most of the time, the mice are talking, not them. I forgot how funny this story is. And your voice is like exactly what I hear in my head of like the fodder, what he'd be doing. What would you do if a grown adult, let's say this isn't a family member, got like a toy plushie <laughs> and started trying to speak with you as it. it's the um, it's the kind of trying to make you get it. It's one thing for them to just be talking in that voice and talking through the mouse plushie, but it's them trying to get you in on it to try and get you talking to the mouse and with the mouse. That's where it's actually just really creepy for me. It like it feels like you know, have you seen? Um, Rosemary's Baby I haven't but I know the loose idea of the film well, like, there's this just weird tone to all their, the neighbours in the apartment block and it feels like it's not even, it's just not how real people re- act and you know it's because they're Satanists or whatever in the movie but like it's not, uh, it doesn't come across as weird in the book as it does in the film but Roman Polanski just made them like just really weird people from the get go and that's kind of what these people feel like and it's not you know you, you don't want to be compared to the, the Satanists from a 70s horror movie Have you ever met some lad who's kind of got their hands in a puppet and they get a wee bit too involved with it. I can't say I have. I've kind of had someone and, you know, they there was like puppets that we had at work. And because, you know, we were working with younger children. And then they kind of suddenly like really started to take to this thing that they're carrying it everywhere. And I was just like, you know, they weren't speaking to me as it. But, you know, it became like a weird kind of attachment. And I was like you know, uh, this is kind of a few steps away from being creepy, but I'm kind of keeping my eye on this dude. Yeah. You know what I have encountered? People who kind of prescribe a voice to their dog or any pet. And so they will ask their dog if, oh, do you want to go for a walk? And then, yeah, I'd love to go for a walk. They'll reply in the dog's voice like. But I think it depends. The true level of madness for me about that would be do you say it when you're alone with the dog or do you say that for like the entertainment of another person yeah yeah and i feel like it, it might be f- for the benefit of the other person in the room most of the time but i have definitely seen people who have just who, who may have started doing it for that reason and then just got into the habit of doing it and now they just talk to their dog or essentially just talk they're talking to themselves but using their dog as an excuse i'd say that could be mostly okay but you know i think it's kind of like an offshoot of like baby talk some people say like who's a big boy yes you are yes you are but it's suddenly you're just like (laughs) a parent with their child and say hey harry do you want some milk yeah mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah like None of them are quite as bad as what these these people are doing with Timothy, but I can, it's the same kind of <laughs> mindset. Oh, just now that you said the baby talk, or like I've known adults who have like gone into the baby talk, and it, it's weird. I'll tell you, 
I don't mind baby talk, but the thing that weirds me out to do with baby talk is when adults start referring to themselves as mommy and daddy. So, you know, what's kind of like if you like if you're somebody's mother or father and then like, you know, if they're if you've got someone who's like a 23 year old person and then their dad says like, oh, go talk to mommy. I was like, dude, like your son knows her name's Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> like you at least say, just go ask your mother. Yeah, but it's like you reach a certain age and it's. I'll admit it's more girls than boys that like my mommy, my daddy. It's like you're 23. Please stop this. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, but the story continues. Till now, I've never said anything judgy, but I usually avoid talking to the mice and instead dress the person talking. I've never talked as a mouse. His parents have noticed this and have often tried forcing me into it. They were visibly upset when I wouldn't participate, having gifted me mouse figurines on several occasions that I haven't used. I understand that it's probably them welt me into the family, but I've been a bit too creeped out by it. When they visit us, they force me to get them out of the closet and display them, and I feel invaded by that. At the same time, I feel silly about feeling invaded by inanimate objects. Oh my god. The line there. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> it, this is so weird. The fact that there's actually a line there. I've never talked as a mouse. <laughs> like, what adult has ever had to say that? Yeah. As you say, you know if somebody comes up to you and let's say they're doing the equivalent of creepy dog talk. As you'd say, like, you know, like you've got a girl who comes up to me and it's like, oh, Snookums, look at the nice man. Oh, do you think he's a nice man? Oh, yes. Yes, I agree. And she's kind of having like a crazy conversation with the dog. You can yeah. kind of get some level of communication. But what if she expects you to start talking as the dog as well? It's like, yes, I'm Snookums. And I think that this guy is a very, very suitable young gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> you could end up in the weirdest relationship that she's like Snookum says you should take out the trash and then you versus Snookum Snookum is like no nah, bitch Snookum you take out the trash like Snookum just has split personality then like you know basically you end up like getting the splitting up and you, bow, you go to court with the dog and the judge is just saying to you like Okay, like, let's take the dog to the owner that he wants. And then you've kind of got Snookums being like, you know, the woman being like, I'm Snookums and I love Laura. And the guy's just been like, like Snookums thinks that his mommy's a crazy, you know, kind of. Oh, oh man. It's still, still less weird than this, that entire scenario. I know. In that, in that scenario, you just... Described. I know, but like people are waving like mouse plushies. And can I say the the line that isn't mentioned again that I want to focus on is all of these plushies are kind of like handmade by the parents. Yeah, I I wish so. We didn't mention, or did you mention where this came from? The Reddit. Oh yes, this is from the relationships Reddit. Yeah, yeah. And the original the original thread was deleted, or her messages were deleted, weren't they? Yes. 
So there was no real follow up and we never got pictures. Yes, we never got pictures. She did answer a few questions on the Reddit. I found it. She answered free questions. And uh, yeah, we're going to reach those at the end of the story because they do involve the husband. Yeah, we'll go into that. But no, I was just saying it because I'd, I'd, I would love nothing more right now in life than to see the pictures of what these things look like. Because I'm generally guessing like, you know, she's talking about a giant paper mache mouse. Yeah. I imagine this isn't kind of like a bit wonky and a bit weird. Oh, yeah. I imagine, you know, the uh, the, the famous uh, bad taxidermy fox. Yes. I imagine that kind of a face, like just really rough. Oh, and can I tell you the worst thing is that yeah. my parents bought me years ago on a trip and I've kind of got it. And it's with an eye view is I've kind of got this mouse toy that like sang jailhouse rock dressed up as <laughs> Elvis. I don't know why I still have it, but it's I always find it kind of funny and I can't take my eyes off it. And I bet this looks about 20 times better than these creepy mice. Because like, you know, if someone was giving you, it would be weird if someone was giving you like these plaster of Paris or these China mice and they were like really de- decorative and really beautiful. I think then you might leave them on like a dresser or on a table and be like, this is kind of like, this is kind of a bit weird, but my parents-in-law like it. <laughs> like if they're just like, tatty made in five minutes, it's just kind of like, you know, uh, pipe cleaners dressed around <laughs> like, you know, something like, <laughs> I don't like these. <clears throat> like if, it, like I imagine it'd be like, a mask Letterface would make in the Texas Chainsaw Mask, or like it would just have that look to it. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's the kind of thing that, you know, like a China doll or something that is supposed to look wholesome, but you kind of get reached the uncanny valley and it just becomes really creepy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so she hides him in the closet. And again, the weirdest part is that they're trying to force her into speaking like a mouse yeah and even that like when they come around that they insist on her taking out the figurines they got her that's again that's real real fucking rosemary's baby kind of shit yeah i mean i'm just i just kind of feel very sorry for her i mean it is getting up to horror movie like territory oh this is like if, if kevin smith had come across this story on smodcast this movie would exist and not Tusk. I'll get into it at the end, but I kind of feel that instead of Kevin Smith, the person who would really, I can imagine directing this is Jordan Peele. I can kind of almost recast the movie Get Out. Yeah. Instead of him. Like if you switch the genders around, you just end up going to this weird family and they're trying to be cool, but they're speaking to you like mice and you're like, uh, what? They're like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. They're like, we're like this, but I can kind of see weird parallels with the movie Get Out myself. Yeah, only I think if you're going to go that route, I think then the the fiance has to maybe be adopted by the family or something too. Yes, and not but maybe not be white. So like, because yeah. he 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 seems like he's not necessarily like if we're going her movie route, obviously they end up being like killers or whatever. Based on the way he is in this story, he seems not like he's not fully on board with the family. So I don't think he 
he'd be their Burke's son, maybe. There has to be hope for him. For me, actually, almost you just saying that has given me a third idea. Original Rod Sterling Twilight Zone. That the twist is that she kind of gets freaked out and she ends up running out of the house and then it's a world where she's the only one who doesn't speak for mouse plushies. <laughs> Imagine this, a world that exists that everyone speaks through mouse plushies. And this is the one broad on the entire planet who's just too ignorant to realize it in the Twilight Zone. I love the idea of Adapt doing an anthology series where you just adapt internet stories, but you just take the ending from a random Twilight episode. Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next page. Today it escalated when we announced that I am pregnant and my father-in-law replied that would be wonderful to soon have two grandchildren. By the first, he meant Timothy. For the first time, I got angry and I said he didn't have a grandchild yet. My child wasn't to be compared to a papier-mâché mouse. They got very angry and screamed at us as Timothy for disrespecting him. He called me stupid. Well, no. Look, we've all been compared to a papier-mâché mouse. Like, yeah. again, those are words like nobody should ever have to say. Imagine having to tell your father-in-law or soon-to-be father-in-law. Or wait, no, no, sorry, they are married, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, yes, no, they've been married for 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, like just having to tell them that like, look, don't don't compare my child, my unborn child to your, to your paper machine mouse. <laughs> But they got really mad as Timothy and Timothy was calling her really stupid, <laughs> which again, I kind of like, I like the way it's like childlike insults. Yeah. Yeah. But also like the, the father-in-law didn't call her stupid. Timothy did. It's like, you know, people using a, using a puppet on stage to just say things that they can't get away with saying. Yeah, I mean, like, Timothy just being being like, you're a bad lady. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be mostly the father here as well, rather than the mother, right? Is that your take? Most of the people mentioned are the father. So, I mean, thinking about this, I can't think that there's two people who would meet and naturally both of them always wanted to speak as paper mache mice. I think it was one person who started it and one person who just casually accepted it and was taken into his kind of like weird world because it would be perfect. The idea that you actually find two people with some unbelievable weird idea and they just somehow met being like, dude, paper mache mice. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, you look at Fred and Rose West, like, you know, yeah, the, the the fact that they the two people like that actually met each other, it's pr- pretty incredible. So who knows? Like these two two people could have had their own paper mache mice growing up and just just met by sheer chance. What she's asking for is some advice. So he says, "This is the conflict I need advice for." Instead of supporting me, my husband stayed silent the whole time and later told me, many people stuff animal talk. I can't understand why I'm being so tolerant in everything but this. I was crying at this point and he didn't comfort me, which is very unlike him, and how I know he was truly upset. 
I've been very sad as I'm a very family orientated person and I always regret that I don't feel included in his side of the family. His parents have always acted cold towards me, although I've made an effort to take a genuine interest in their lives and build a bond with them. After my outburst, it's obviously even worse. I feel lonely and unsure, and I don't know how to act anymore or how to make him understand I need him to do something. I don't know what I need him to do exactly. I'm scared that he will just reject me for being difficult, putting him in an uncomfortable position. But at the same time, I feel I can't stand this anymore. I'm scared that they'll do this to our child and make them feel unloved. Now, and there's why uh, I was saying in the Jordan Peele adaption of this, the husband, her husband, would have to be have been adopted by this couple because, like the he acts here like where he just like goes silent it's like he he can't get involved like he's just it's like he's a prisoner or something like you know where they just like stockholm syndrome almost and the fact he even says like loads of people stuffed animals talk to them that is a truly horror movie line though but it's like he doesn't believe that really it's just something he's it's as if it's just something he's been told his whole life so he just says it and isn't even sure if he believes it himself Yeah, another vibe I kind of get off this is going back to the Twilight Zone. Did you ever see the episode of that boy who had infinite power and he kept threatening the cornfield on people? The people couldn't think bad thoughts and they couldn't like do bad things. This is kind of like this, that he can't speak ill of his parents or be like, we all like paper mache mice because paper mache mice are good. And Timothy's a good mouse. He's a good mouse. Well, yeah, it's almost as if there's something to Timothy that they're not telling her. Well, I mean, the fact Timothy is the grandson and he's the named mouse, I kind of agree with you. I'm gonna getting vibes off this Timothy character, and that's why I, I agree. I really want to see a picture of him. Is there any way, like, how, how many poster like replies did she get in that original? tread it wasn't a huge amount was it she only got like 200 upvotes and she got a few replies but i think there was 73 comments and she's replied to a handful of them. not a huge amount of uh, of a response though because like if, if i had saw this post when it was originally posted i'd have had 70 questions alone like um but just like it seems like it didn't get enough traction the night it was posted for to get to the point where people are asking for pictures and stuff. Because I feel like she could have been convinced to maybe show a picture. Because I'm sure, I'm sure, like all her family photos are, are probably have Timothy in them. I can just imagine that Dad is just holding them like a baby in every photo. What What do you think of this lady's situation? So she's been with a dude for 10 years. So she got with this guy when she was 24 and she got married at the age of 24. And the parents seem pretty insane. Yeah, like how she got to this point. And, and obviously it was like once they like started comparing her her child to a paper mache mouse, that was the last straw. But... I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been a final straw in the ten years before this. If these people seem demented, 
there's a good chance they brought Timothy to the wedding. Can you imagine having to explain that to your own parents? Like the man I married, his his parents have have a paper mache mouse that they refer to as their grandchild. Oh my okay. god! He didn't start this within the ten years. Like, like her her husband obviously grew up with this kind of a household, so it's been going on his entire. Yes, uh, to to give an answer to one of the questions that I was wondering about, and I didn't want to bring up until the end, is the husband sometimes speaks as a paper mache mouse, but he doesn't do it that often as it weirds her out. Yeah. So it's clearly something that he does with his parents, but when it comes to dealing with her, he's pretty like, oh, I won't do that. But it sounds like he does know, he knows deep down in his bones how weird this is, but it's just it's a life he's familiar with so i mean for me an allegory i think this could be very close to would be like imagine you come from really deeply religious parents like i'm not talking like catholic i'm talking about like almost like mennonite times a hundred kind of stuff that you know people are out there and you're very strict in what you believe and you do all this sort of stuff you've got one of these guys and he moves out of his parents' house. He goes to New York and he meets a girl and he's just like, oh, this isn't really me. But then whenever he meets his parents, he's just like, come on, just play along with my parents. They're deeply religious. Just pretend you read your Bible. Yeah, well, I know people, they wouldn't be like totally strict like Catholics, but I, I do know people and I dated a girl who like her parents are very religious. So whenever she was at home with them and whenever I went down, she had to pretend like pretend that she was still like going to man like and she was a complete atheist by this point but she was still living as a hardcore catholic whenever she was home i know a good few people who would be like that but you know i'd say by the sounds of it she's just like no you put down that mouse toy and he's like okay fine and he'll do it for her but when his parents get in the room his mouse will be like oh all praise timothy all praise timothy now do you think there's a chance that Timothy was real at any point? That maybe like it's the coping mechanism for like a a Sunday lost or something? It's funny. I've been thinking a bit about this myself and I was reading through the comments and she answered one saying that throughout the 10 years she's known the parents, the parents have been like this. But the son says when he was younger, it wasn't really this hard and it is kind of like a coping mechanism. And I was reading about different people like who lose children. They take up something and this just becomes like something normal to them. Yeah. And I could totally see this being the story behind Timothy and the mice. Yeah. So Timothy could be his dead five-year-old brother or something. And then you'd wonder like what happened to Timothy? Cause it's, 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 it's certainly a weird coping mechanism, but I, it makes me feel like, you know, kind of like psycho that Timothy's remains are actually still up in the attic, like that there's another Timothy in the house still. I would say that Timothy has been probably cremated and his ashes are inside the urn of a paper mache oh, mouse. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's the way I would see it, because... Or if... It's actually just the body paper macheed over. Okay. That's a, bit, that's a bit too dark, though. I can't imagine they've gone that far. He won't be able to lift it up and dance it around then. 
I'm just trying to go for the most horrifying thing. Have you ever seen Sleepaway Camp? Is that where I think so? Is that she's a yeah yeah that basically that there was an accident and the daughter died. So then they got the son and they raised him as a girl or something. It was kind of like I can imagine that as a horror movie concept that like not making any judgment on chat transgender people or anything like that. Like that isn't the point of the movie, just in case I'm misexplaining. Yeah, yeah. This was just a traumatic experience that someone was forced to pretend to be their sister. Yeah. Like he was partially responsible for her death or something. So yes. So the aunt who raised them always wanted a girl. So she simply decided, Oh, John died and Alice is alive. Yeah. I can totally imagine that. It's just like a kind of weird thing. It's just like, you know, we always wanted a mouse child and they're just like, Timothy, you're not a mouse. And it could be getting very close to almost Kevin Smith's tusk. Oh, yeah. Like it feels like, oh, yeah. Like you could go some route like again, it's going back to Rosemary's baby. But like once they hear that she's pregnant, like they could want the baby to, to be the new Timothy or something and have some weird plan for it. I don't know where to go. Where, uh, there's an idea there. I don't know. I'll I'll have to work on it. But oh, this there, there's a there's a weird horror movie here. If I was to pitch this as a horror movie, I'll pitch this as a straight horror movie to you mm. now. The way I would see this is that it was a perfectly normal family, and the son was born, but he killed his twin in the womb. So he had a twin brother. And the twin was killed in the womb, a bit like Elvis Presley or anything like that, that there was a dead twin that they planned to call Timothy. And Timothy's like an angry spirit. And like it slowly starts to infect the family. So they build like a small mouse. Then Timothy starts to get like minion mice all around (laughs) him. And the family are going through the spirit of Timothy. And Timothy starts as a small model and they keep adding to them. And Timothy just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he's consuming more and more of them. So the more of their energy. So it starts off as a mouse like yours. And now it's about five feet tall. And he wants to consume the energy of her unborn child. (laughs) So if you were to pitch this as a horror movie, like if you were to pitch this as a straight idea, what direction do you think you would go? See, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I have a few ideas, but I think I'd be going the direction. Ultimately, what I would like to reveal at the end is that Timothy is real. But a real mouse or a real person? Well, kind of neither. Kind of like, um, I guess more like Chucky in Child's Play. That he's kind of been possessed. Yeah, well, where the, maybe it's the, the dead son is Pat has somehow controlled this paper mache but but you see yeah maybe i don't like that because i think the the scary part of this this real story is just the family being weirdos so maybe i'd leave out any supernatural aspect i'm just thinking about the third act like how 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 the story would be resolved like they need to want something there needs to be like yeah a bigger sense of danger towards the baby or something if it's just going to be yeah the family are weirdos. So moving away from the idea of it being a horror movie, let's say that this is real life. What would you let's, uh, because like 
I would you say that the story what do you think the odds of the story being real are well when you showed me this first or you'd posted it in your server the in the scapegoat server right was it was that where yeah discord, discord yeah. yeah um so when I saw you would post it as just the screen grabs and I was like, oh, this just sounds like a funny story somebody made up. And then you had found the original thread and you linked to it. And once I w- clicked into the thread and saw the user had deleted, not just their posts, but I think they even like deleted their Reddit account, didn't they? Yeah. Then I was like, oh, well, this is definitely real. Because clearly they posted it. Then felt, oh, no, like the family member could see this. This could go viral. And they just like tr- tried to hide it that struck me as like oh it must be true because nobody if you're going to make up like if you're just trolling or making up this weird story to try and get a viral you're going to like you're going to keep engaged with the people asking questions and try and get more traction does that make sense yeah become it becomes like a giant game of yes and oh yes timothy is like this and this is like that like you know if you're doing an internet hoax you tend to I've showed it to different people and lots of people say it's not real, but the more you kind of go into it, you think, yeah, there are people who would take like speaking as a plush toy. You know, I can see this as something that people would do. Yeah. I mean, there are, there, there's crazy people out there. I mean, you hear lots of stories about like people who have, you know, gone, you know, far, far further than this, far further. That's a weird sentence. Um, and like dug up like past lovers and stuff and kept them in their house and weird shit like that. Yeah. I mean, how bad of a situation do you think she's in? Like if we're not, you're discussing people like Ed Gein there that dug up bodies, but uh, how bad of a situation do you think she's in? Well, it's pretty bad if you're bringing a child into the world and these are, it's grandparents are, and are going to be babysitting your child at some point. That's a pretty bad situation. It's it's the equivalent, like um, you know, you you marry, you get married to a girl and you meet her parents and you find out that they're just horrendous racists. You'd be like, do I want my? Ch- I'm going to have to like leave my drop my kids off with his grandparents at some point, and they're going to hear that this kind of rhetoric. You don't want them growing up like that. The same applies here. You don't want them growing up <laughs> talking talking in Timothy's voice. Oh no, no, no. I mean I totally get that, but Timothy's top dog and I'd imagine that you have to be pretty special <laughs> to talk as Timothy. <laughs> You've to earn that privilege. I mean, again, to go back to something that you said, I kind of get the feeling it might probably be the father in law. And if Timothy is his prized possession. I think that Timothy's his character, and you nobody else can role play as Timothy, only him. But like getting back to what you were saying about like raising a child and that, I mean, I think this only really became a huge problem for her when she kind of figured out the child angle. Yeah. And you know, as you say, that whenever he I kind of oh, may hope that think that maybe she was hoping that the second that she would say, oh, you're having a grandchild. They would kind of act normal. Yeah, you would. And they'd say, oh, we're having a grandchild. This is great. And then go back to, oh, like, we're really happy. Oh, it'd be great. And then 
you know, then go back 15 minutes later to be like, I want some cheese. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you gave me the civil thing for about five minutes here. You'll be grand. Yeah. But I think that uh, saying it's a second grandchild was probably a bridge too far. Yeah. And you, you think about it too. So like, the the husband he um he said this only really escalated in the last decade so he's yes. around her age we assume he, he she met the husband is 35 he married her at uh, 25 right. so he got to 25 without this being the way it is now so he wasn't grow he wasn't growing up he didn't actually grow up with this sort of absurd family dynamic but and and yet he is still not willing to go against them for the sake of his own wife's comfort, you know? So can you imagine how indoctrinated this grandkid could be if he grows up with them where they've gotten to this this bad, like? Well, I mean, for me, it would depend how close the grandchildren live to the grandparents. Because I don't know about you, but... Like, my grandparents, like, one of my sets of grandparents lived, like, 300 miles away from me. So I had a granny I saw every week, and I had a granny I saw every, like, three or four months. Mm, Mine were both pretty close. I get the impression they're close enough, though, because the way she says, whenever they come over to the house, they insist on the figurines being taken out. It just... Yeah. She doesn't actually say anything there, but, I don't know, the wording kind of implies they're over frequently enough. Yeah, because like I'd say, because, you know, even if they were coming every six months, well, I suppose it comes down to it. If they're coming every six months, she still might say, look, I'm not taking these figurines out. F your parents. I don't care. Like, I always find these things creepy. But like for me, if it was if I only had to deal with like in-laws every six months, and they only wanted one thing that they were like, here, there needs to be a crucifix yeah. on the wall of every room. You'd have it there, but I mean, if I had them, if I had them, I'd just put them up and leave it. Yeah, I might be the same. But to me, that's why I think that they must live close and must be over more often than not. The fact that it seems like more of a burden that she, the fact that she doesn't even like prepare and have them out already, that it's whenever they come over, they demand to have these figurines taken out i know it just reads like they're over there a lot and i can't so yeah i feel like they live close but it's just a guess but like it's a i can imagine them doing like a mouse spot check (laughs) hello this is the mouse police (laughs) we have come to check on your paper mache mice (laughs) i don't i i doubt this is true but Imagining the parents is uh, German makes it so much better for my brain suddenly. <laughs> yeah, it works. They don't say where they are. I know it's in the US, but they don't say what state or anything. Well, you would say US. I would almost, I know I'm guessing it's US, but in my head, I would almost think that this could be a very British thing. Yeah, I don't know why I was going. I was going with America, but now do you actually say it's a very like mouse figurines is very British. I don't know why, but yeah, maybe maybe they are. I'm just gonna look at the just first line here. I'm just seeing like if there's any American or British spelling That's, here. Oh, yeah. Well, it could be. Is the word plushy? The word plushy isn't that very yeah. American. Oh, 
they took them out of the closet. I would say if that language they're Canadian or That's, American. Yeah. But for some reason, I kind of thought that they were like weird English dudes. Yeah, that never occurred to me. But now that you say it, that does it does have a bit. Uh, the story has is very English. I was just going to say I have a uh, Rosemary's uh, Rosemary's Baby still stuck in my head, so that's probably why I was automatically putting it in an American setting. The way I would like to imagine it suddenly now is the girl is American, uh, moves over to the <gasps> UK, meets a nice boy, <sighs> so she's far away from her parents, and then suddenly it's just like, oh, I'm a rather charming British person. Oh, you've met Mama and Papa. They are. A little bit <laughs> odd, but doesn't everyone like their mice toys? It would be great to have Timothy mentioned very early in the film. Like if you just were you talking about them meeting, like if you if you introduce the film like that, her going to England, meeting this guy and he he talks about his brother, Timothy, and you spend like an hour like leading up to like meeting the, the would soon to be in-laws. And that's how you shock the audience that suddenly Timothy is just this paper mache mouse. Like, like an audience would, like, what audience member would see that coming? I think that would be one of the greatest twists of all time. Have you seen Audition, the Takashi Mika or Mika Takashi film? It starts like you think, like, oh, this this might just be a romantic comedy because it kind of starts, or not maybe not a romantic comedy, but it starts like such a standard like. What, isn't it they create like a fake sort of job interview to try and find him a wife it feels like it, it could yes. it could be the opening to a, a hugh grant movie and then it just becomes this demented horror movie but yes yeah, so i think that's where you go for a start the first the first hour is just like a not a romantic com- or maybe a romantic comedy or just a romantic film where it's just this girl in london for the first time who meets this guy and He's got this brother that he just keeps talking about. I would make more sense to me. Where are her parents? Because if you also had parents close and you had crazy in-laws like that, she kind of feels very trapped but and she doesn't really have a place to go, which would kind of suggest to me that her family isn't really yeah, that yeah. close. But yeah, no, I mean, the parents do seem demented. That like in the weirdest way of just like waving a mouse plushie <laughs> in the face. Okay, I've got a question for you. If the parents had like not waved mouth plushies in the face, like if they if when she had said, Here, I'm going I'm pregnant, I've got a child, if they had said here, that's great, but if it's a boy you have to call it Timothy <laughs> Would that be beyond the point of creepy or would that be acceptable? Well, I'd probably prefer that. I like. I think I might feel like. Well, maybe if I call the child Timothy, they'll forget about this Timothy. But imagine your child becomes Timothy too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think really, I before if if they even suggested that, then I would have to dig deeper to see where this whole Timothy crack originated from. Because I'd feel like there's a lot more to it then if they'd start wanting your child to be called Timothy. There's just so many questions I've still got for this. Like, yeah, and it's... what if you were her, and you're the thing that's upsetting her is it isn't that the parents are like kind of correct; it's the fact that the husband isn't supporting her. And I feel like I'm brushing over that because that isn't even a big deal to me. Because I feel like if I was that in that situation, 
I wouldn't. Well, obviously, I'd care that the the other person wasn't supporting me, but I think the alarm bells would have just been ringing so much earlier for me that I can't really identify with that concern of hers, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to imagine a scenario that could have happened because I kind of didn't think this when I was younger, but now since I turned 30, what I kind of think of is if, if you're dating a girl, you do have to think about her family a bit because if it gets serious, you don't want to end up like in a kind of very weird place. And I kind of think that, look, she's 24 Maybe she got married without knowing him too well or knowing his parents. Yeah. Because, like, she's having her first child at 34. I would have said that, like, there was plenty of exit time before this and it's just suddenly hit with the child. I think that she was probably reasonably willing to accept the parents at a point. Yeah. Well, she must have been, but... I just don't know how she could be because like whatever the fact that the husband told her that they only got like this in in recent years also means that for the 10 years she's known them they must have been like this yes so it's 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 not like it's progressed in the time that she's been in with the family so I don't know how how you could like live with this from day one but she obviously did so I suppose yeah you're right she made room for it Well, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a scenario because, again, maybe when they got married, they weren't living close to the parents or the parents moved close to them or he got a job close to the parents or they decided to move there because just the whole thing's just bizarre because, like, I think that she's probably the least person to blame here, but I think it's a pity before she got pregnant or, like, years before she didn't challenge her husband on this because he just doesn't seem to be giving her any support. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's it. So she obviously did bite her tongue for a long time because only now is she sort of 10 years into it, she's finding out that the, that the, her husband doesn't have her back. So yeah, she mustn't have pushed it until now. So I think you're right. Yeah, she must have. they must have moved recently to be closer to the family or something or you know that the grandparents just recently retired and moved down to them oh that's a scary thought so i'm just going to read the she said at the very end she gave a brief summary so i'm going to read the summary again my in-laws communicate as and via mouse figurines who they see as family members i don't want to participate and told them my child would be different from and more important than a mouse grandchild. They got very angry and instead of supporting me, my husband thinks I should be more tolerant. (laughs) I mean, is there any really passive-aggressive ways to get rid of these mouse plushies? Like, for instance, you'd start buying all these cat plushies or something? That's one way. Or like having giant, like foam pieces of cheese and comically sized mouse yeah, traps yeah. around the house or you know, kind of like just weird out the parents be like oh that wasn't me that was my cat Garfield don't yell at me like be as <clears throat> passive aggressive back or you actually try and make the grandparents think that Timothy is alive 
Okay. Where you start moving him at night. And just like, no, I didn't touch him. That'd be good. Let's start messing with them. Yeah, well, because at least then you can see if they start to be, if, if they start to be creeped out by it, you know, okay, so they're not actually crazy. They're just playing around and just have no sense of boundaries. But if they don't pass any heed to it, they're just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. never seen Timothy move like that before. Then you you know they're actually batshit crazy and you need to just get the fuck out of there. And plus it'd just be funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. It could almost be like a great like revenge plot is just like start like out mice them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, This is a weird thing to admit, but I did do that to a neighbor of mine had uh, one giant garden gnome in their house. Well, I had a few garden gnomes, but it was one majorly big one in particular. And I used to whenever I was like coming in at night, I used to always like just jump their gate and just move it to another place. For no real reason, only then just to see if they noticed and thought it was alive, maybe. I was just messing with them. Yeah. Nothing yeah. ever came of it, though. Well, I mean, I guess that, like, I guess that they probably were guessing that it was just some local person, but they're like, as long as they don't break it, I don't care. Yeah. They probably just saw me. They're like, oh, that's that Johnny disaster fellow. And you know what? We probably... I, I I probably ruined it because I didn't give it enough ti- enough time to sort of have an impact because within like a few months, a group of us decided there was two houses that had two really nice gardens. Like, well, not nice, but like overly decorated yeah. gardens. And one night we uh, switched to the, them, which took so much longer than you'd think, but it was pretty funny. What, you like moved them so like they were identical, but in each other's gardens? Yeah, yeah. Just the ornaments, like, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't move their bushes and stuff, but. Someone told me something the equivalent of that, like at university, it was freshers and someone got really, really drunk and they were like on the, they were like on the ground floor and their friends from like their hometown kind of were with them and they'd only just moved in. So they only had like few enough things. So they moved them (laughs) to like. The top floor, it was like eight stories up. They just moved them to an identical room, put all their stuff there. But then when they woke up, there was just stairs going down and down and down and down and down. And they're weirded out. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's there's a lot more work in that. I would say that it wasn't really because like this person just had like suitcases and clothes and like a lamp suppose, and a laptop yeah. that like. I think the way it's described to me is they didn't really unpack to a great extent. So, right. you know, you just moved a few things and yeah, no. I mean, have you, has anyone ever, have you ever got, walked into a room and realized that something's changed since you were in it? Uh, ah, yeah, surely. I'm fairly observant as well. Like I, I'd like to think I would anyway. I was just saying, but I can't pick. I can't pick a particular moment or memory. Yeah, not nothing comes to mind, but I'm sure I would. Because sometimes, you know, the weird thing for me is that uh, I know stuff has gone missing, and I can see it, but I can't place what the thing missing is. 
Yeah, okay, actually, I do. I get that quite a bit. Because, like, you walk into the room and you notice something's gone. And then, like, you kind of want to look and just say, okay, like, did there's such and such person borrow this? But you're like, what is it? There's clearly something in this room. You just don't know what happened. And then you just always place it. And I'll tell you what it always was for me. What? It always was my guitar. It was like, I lived in kind of flats that like, I never locked my room. And if I was out and my like roommates or whatever had people around, there's always one dude who wants to go and get out a guitar. And, yeah. you know, they would just walk in and take it until eventually I just like, you know, it was at every party, different dudes would just walk in and would just be like, like, even if I was there, would just say, oh, we took your guitar. <laughs> and I just got a lock for the room because it's just like, yeah, I know you're not going to break it, but like, it's kind of weird that yeah. like you're treating it so communally. Yeah, no, I, I won't be a fan of that. Yeah. Especially when it's not even your housemates, when it's people they have over, like. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I can, I can kind of get stuff, and you know, if they asked, like, I think it was because they asked. In fairness, so it's people who they asked once, but then you know, the second that they ask once, yeah. they think it's like a permanent. Oh, that's yeah, a guitar yeah. open for any available time, and for me, I was just like. Oh man, I hate having to like f- look for it and try and tune it. Yeah, it's as if like the only way to stop them is when they ask you the first time, you have to say yes, but just this once in order for them to ask you the second time. Like if you say anything else, then it's just oh. you're, you're giving them a, the go ahead. But like, oh, there's just some people like that. that maybe, maybe that's what actually happened with this lady in the mice toys. There's a husband, father in law said. Is it okay if we talk to you as the mice toys? <laughs> and then, like, she kind of just thought, like, like you know, she'd met them and they were kind of cool for about a month. And she thought, you don't want to say no. I was just like, you know, if I was talking to you on the podcast and I said, like, is it okay if I talk to you as Billy Ray Cyrus? <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd oh. just suddenly be like, okay, well, Luke, you can talk as Billy Ray Cyrus. I mean, my eyes would light up if you even suggested that. <laughs> is that <laughs> but, an option? But, like, <laughs> No, I was met, I was appearing on a, one of Norfolk Gord's live streams that like he asked me on, and like I'd had like a couple of beers before, and, and then I just got into the green room and I was chatting to him, and I said like, "Is it okay if I enter this as Billy Ray Cyrus?" <laughs> the thing was that like I just decided because, do you know the famous Billy Ray Cyrus quotes? No, I don't believe I do. I, so I, I watch these YouTubers and they're kind of like. They use him as a running joke. But, you know, he famously said of his daughter, Miley Cyrus, yeah, I probably could have been much better parent. And I was just going to turn up and be like, hey, Northern Gord, yeah, I probably could have been a much better parent. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I've got a Maserati sports car. Something achy, breaky hard. And then I kind of just got there and he introduced me as Billy Ray Cyrus and I just I just pulled, I just pulled. I was just like, no, Gord, I'm just going to turn up as Luke because <laughs> this is just going to end up really silly. But like, and that's that's not a character, but it would be the equivalent of you saying that once and then like for every interaction that you ever have with me from this point, <laughs> I, I ask you to call 
Billy Ray Cyrus. I have to refer to you as not just Billy, not just Billy Ray, but I have to refer to you as Billy Ray Cyrus. It's like a tribe called Quest. You have to say the full thing. Yeah, yeah. That might be easier managed, though, for me than uh, Timothy. I mean, like, I'm kind of very informal that I would immediately just be like, what's up, Tim? Or of this here. I'd imagine that would drive the parents crazy as well. No, it's Timothy, the mouse. <laughs> or like, you know, at the very start, we we're talking about like Timothy having a backstory. And we said, how does the backstory happen? You know, does it evolve? Like, you know, you slowly add bits to his canon. Mm. Could the daughter kind of like slowly start and twist Timothy into being like a much worse individual? Oh yeah, like, but I don't know. You can definitely make Timothy the villain, essentially. Have him do yeah. something bad is is what I mean. Do they take Timothy round to their house every time they visit? I feel like she'd have said that. I don't think they do. Okay. That definitely have been mentioned, yeah. I would start adding stuff to Timothy, like, you know, and just say, like, Timothy, have you been drinking? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's awfully early, Timothy. Like, yeah. Timothy, Timothy, like, can I smell a bit of, like, here, have you been on the cheese a wee bit too often, <laughs> Timothy? I just can, like, slowly do it till like, every time you're talking to Timothy, till your parents-in-law are kind of, like, saying, yep, <laughs> I got a problem. Uh, Timothy, yeah, I probably could have been a much better parent. <laughs> <laughs> you slowly turn Timothy into Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Timmy Ray Cyrus, indeed. <laughs> oh, Timmy Ray Cyrus. Well, or, like, that's it. Like, if you just start taking it way too serious, where you, you turn it on them, where you're just like, look, I, I think we need, Timothy needs help. I think we need to, like, break bring him to an AA meeting or something. You're like, look, I don't mind going. With him. I'll sponsor him. Yeah, yeah. And like, and then even if they do, even if they like say, yeah, yeah, okay, maybe we should, you call their bluff and you go to the AA meeting and speak as Timothy sitting around a group of people in recovery from it. Or bring, bring the parents and say like, I think I started to drink when I felt my grandparents didn't love me enough. <laughs> they kept taking my voice and speaking for me. I remember at the age of three, they were waggling me in front of a stranger's face. <laughs> I don't even know who my real parents are. <laughs> because this guy's my brother and they're my grandparents. Does that make me my own granddad? <laughs> you're sitting there like you're sitting in a circle with people with an actual you know an actual illness cut this into like th that would be a great missing scene for the movie fight club <laughs> and they're going to all these meetings <laughs> you see this like young lady dragging this mouse around with these old people following around just basically being like yeah i smoke too much i got bronchitis <laughs> God, I think that would be the best way. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the most fun, but I think you could probably trick them. In it, we're going to to the extremes with that. But if you even start like taking Timothy really serious, you just pretend that you think he's real. So you do stuff like, look, I know I I bought cheese and it's gone now. And if you didn't take it, then clearly it was Timothy, and he's a mouse, so he definitely took it. And you just essentially you try and get them to say. He's a paper mache mouse. Of course, he didn't take your cheese. And then you go, aha, I got you. 
you know? I kind of feel that, you know, could easily end up just like you try and get them to admit it. And I think, do you think if these kind of people admitted it, that would almost cause a deeper problem? You'd be like, actually, the the paper mache mouse was kind of a cheery fellow. He kind of annoyed me a bit, but you guys are actually just straight up jerks. <laughs> Bring back the mache mouse. That's quite possible too. Because like maybe a friend in Rose West had had a paper mache mouse, that would have been nicer. <laughs> maybe these guys would either be the best or the worst people in the world, depending on if you remove the mice. The fact that they do this to begin with doesn't speak a lot to their their character or their personalities. So yeah, maybe without it, they are just worse. They're obviously filling a void, so it might be necessary. Because you know, uh, there's some certain people, and they're like, nobody liked me until one day. I it's almost like a Cards Against Humanity card. Like you know, nobody liked me until I, and then you know, it's just somebody was just like. Man, like everything was going against me in life. I, you know, I, I couldn't find a job. I was chucked out of home at the age eighteen. I was kind of living rough. I was doing this until finally I just found this like mouse plushie, and then I just decided here this becomes my life. And like you know, imagine everyone likes Timothy apart from like his daughter. He walks into a company. It's like I like the cut of that Timothy's jib. Get that man a promotion. Is he, this is the, the thing, though. If I was in her position, I would probably kind of enjoy it because I would just enjoy testing them. So I would, like, wait until uh, the census forms came around and I would make sure to be in their house the night that had to be filled in just to see what they put down Timothy as. Like, no, 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 you need to put it down. You have, you're living with one dependent grandchild. Yeah, yeah. Could this be just a a complete tax scam just kind of like trying to like treat people into like being like oh like we've got five dependents or something like this but because they're the weird paper mache mice people people don't want to come around to the house and check if they have grandkids <laughs> <laughs> like they're like sure timothy and sarah are your grandkids sure we'll pay you money we just don't want to go for your creepy house that's very possible <laughs> uh, another one another one that i've just come up with now is maybe like they're completely like saying normal people but they just they took one look at their husband's new wife we're just like oh dude how the hell do we get rid of this woman she seems like really up you know she seems really like up herself and she's not really nice to people imagine she's like going to her own wedding and being like really catty and they're just like dude first time we met her mice mice yeah sure <laughs> they just came in it came up with this story like the night the first night they met her they went out oh let's just we'll just go and fix you some drinks and they're just like what can we do and it's like look i'll go out to the shed and i'll make up a paper machine mouse and pretend we think it's real that that'll surely drive her crazy okay i have to admit to something that i did do something similar like this once <laughs> that i used to live in prague and I had a my very good friend, he's called Simon. And Simon and I used to like share a flat together. Like we were very good mates and I hadn't seen him for like three and a half years. So I went back over to Prague to see him and just, you know, see how he was. 
So I got over there. And, you know, there were some people I knew who were there when there's some people I didn't. Mm. So I was drinking with him and a few old friends. And they said they're going to meet up with another bunch of people. And what I decided what would be hilarious with a few drinks in me was I said, would you tell your friends that uh, I used to be a priest? (laughs) (laughs) I just simply said, like, would you tell them that I insist to be called Father Luke? But like, you know, I was thrown out of like, you know, preschool. <laughs> I just did this because like I was Irish, they were English. I just did this to mess around. And then like I just said this like, you know, as a flippant comment, but they got really, really into this. So eventually what they started to do is like they introduced me as Father Luke, and I kind of thought this was funny. And they began to send me text messages of all the sort of like stuff I should do. Like, you know, we went to a restaurant and I like blessed everyone's food. But, you know, it was just one of those spontaneous things. It was supposed to be, like, a five-minute joke. But it got really, really out of hand. Yeah. That happens. It's funny because, like, a a very similar one with Shane, who, to listeners, is the co-host of Disaster Artists, or the other host. But um, he he tricked a girl we went to college with and her boyfriend into thinking his friend was a priest. At an actual costume party, which was amazing. So a friend of his, Cottle, came, or was it Cottle? I can't remember. Owen, actually, came dressed as a priest. And he kind of looked, he just has a look of a young priest. Like, he, he's really convincing. <clears throat> and I think him and Shane and his wife had just got engaged. So it was kind of plausible that they might have known a priest. Because, you know, Catholic country, you have to, like, talk to a priest before you get married. And when yeah. uh, our friend these two friends from college when they came over he just told them oh yeah just so you know owner is an actual priest he's not in costume and everybody else in the house knew that he wasn't a priest but these two people didn't and spent the whole night like because one of the, the girl was kind of religious so they spent the night under best behavior thinking this man was an actual priest oh and God. i don't think they were ever told otherwise so yeah, I mean, like maybe that's just the story behind these old people is just like they didn't like them and just thought, here, let's pretend to be weird mice people. <laughs> it's like you've heard of like dog people or crazy cat ladies. Now they're just mice yeah. people. Yeah, th- that is quite possible, which makes you think like what must if that is true, what must this woman be like if they're they've dedicated 10 years to this? this farce to try and get rid of her if if they've kind of gone that far then i'd imagine that she's like if this is if this scenario this very unlikely scenario is true (laughs) she must be awful yeah but i mean then again if they have that level of control over their son they should simply said Dude, like, would you take it slow, girl? Yeah, because he has to be in on that too, though. Because he was like, it used to be mild, but they've gotten worse in the last 10 years. We keep bringing it back to movies. But what if it's like some crazy premise again that like, if like they like agreed, like if we can trick our grandchild into thinking it's a mouse or trick our daughter-in-law into thinking it's a mouse, we win a million dollars. That's yeah, some just billionaire, some random. That is the type of thing I'd I'd make a competition for if I had like limitless funds. But like you know that there's these kinds of movies, and it's just like 
but they were always on like VHS previews of films that you'd rent from Extra Vision or Blockbuster if you're in the UK or America. They'd always have these like previews as like coming soon, like Runaway Bride 5 or, you know, whatever. And it would always be like some sort of movie. It's just like, you know, Jennifer Lopez is like a single sexy lady. But then she was told, if you get married by the end of today, you will get like yeah. $10 million. So she has like one day to find Mr. Right. I'm not saying it's plausible, but I could totally see a bad movie pitch of just like, if you can convince someone that they're a mice or this is real. Yeah, that's win. the much more fun version of it. I prefer the horror version, though, all the same. I I prefer the horror version, but I think we're thinking of scenarios. And you know the way that uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon came out at the same time mm. or Ants in a Bug's Life? Yeah, yeah. And people always say like that those are actually down to like they looked at magazine covers and they saw like something and the same two men had the same ideas. Yeah, yeah. I would love if somehow like about five or six like Hollywood screenwriters listened to this and like there's a bunch of these weird mice movies, but there was like a rom com, <laughs> there was like a straight up comedy, there's several horror ones, and then there was just like the sci-fi one, the dead mouse plays Timothy, and they're just trying to be like, we need to teach this robot mouse how to love. The Sorry. only other thing I'd add to, to the horror movie, I think, especially now that it's set in England, I think there has to be a sort of a retired detective living on the same street as the grandparents. And he's he sus- suspects something so he's the only sort of link to uh sanity that the girl has and he's played by timothy dalton obviously and okay. he, wild-eyed timothy dalton yeah, yeah and he's like uh o'holloran's character in the shining where he he shows up to save the day in the third act but dies straight away oh there's just so much there's so many directions you could go with this this is just it's just uh, such a kind of conceptual idea and what's really horrible behind it is like you know there is a woman out there who feels less about uh the horror aspects we're looking at more <laughs> yeah. than like her husband's just not caring about her feelings yeah yeah we haven't really been very helpful with any advice now but if you were to reach out to this lady just if you were to give her advice at the very end would you tell her to try and sort her husband out or would you tell her to run? I I think I'm going with run. I think... Well, no, I I keep forgetting that she's been in this for 10 years. And obviously, if this, if this is the first time it's really caused this sort of friction with the husband, it clearly doesn't actually affect her that much, as, as much as it would me anyway. Yeah. So... So, well, then I'm not sure what advice to offer her, because I'd just be like, look, I'd have been gone from day one so you need to figure this out for yourself well i wouldn't run myself for like a similar kind of reason that you know the way you kind of say is like oh you should run before you get married or you should run before you like get pregnant or you have a child like now that she's kind of pregnant and going to have the child and you know that seems to be you know what the direction that she's going towards it with this I mean, they're going to be part of the life regardless. So I would try and fix this now 
and you always have the option of running running when you're like eight months pregnant and running when you've had the child two months ago i don't think it makes a wild load of difference if you could try and fix it in the time being yeah yeah that's a lot to take on when you're like pregnant as well though to try and fix this mad family that has been talking through (laughs) paper mache mouse for 10 years you know when you've talked about this as long as we have it's slowly starting to lose its impact on me about how quite how strange it is yeah because like i read it a few times i've discussed it and now it's kind of like you know like anything i think you could kind of get used to it i don't think that you should really treat a child that way but like you know the more i can listen to like someone talking as a paper i think it would depend i would love to just see a video of how this reacts because maybe it's not as comical as i'm kind of thinking oh no i think it is (laughs) (laughs) i mean is the most sinister or anything like that because like i can just imagine a grown man being like give me cash give me cash like that's so creepy even like the voice you're doing but uh, we do uh, we need to somehow I need closure on this, Luke. I I need to know what what Timothy looks like. I need to know if they is do they voice all the figurines? Do they have different voices? Like she says in it that they speak like mice. It, it sounds like there's more than one character, maybe that she just didn't have time to go into. I just I I need I need more answers. I kind of I just wish that there was more answers because you know Timothy's mentioned twice, so we take that's there, but there could be like amazing most characters with crazy backstories that you don't already know yeah like if you were to guess the name of more mice what would you say oh okay uh well timothy right so that's very british i feel like there'd be uh well i i'd say more so there's probably characters so timothy is their grandchild i imagine they have an older mouse character somewhere like one called reginald or like the the it doesn't you know we don't know what like the grandfather done but i can see that they've got like a mouse character called reginald that's an old army buddy of of the grandfather and he sits up drinking with him and reminisces about the war i don't know what war it'd be really scary if like you know the grandparents were only like 55 (laughs) and you're thinking too young for korea too young for how old would you have to be if you fought in the Vietnam War now? Oh, you'd have to be like 70. So, like, you know, there's a chance that these people haven't really been to any war. <laughs> like, these, like, like, there's a good chance that these parents are Generation X. Yeah, because I hadn't really actually considered that. Because, like, yeah, I just on the classic thing of picturing them as an, an elderly couple. Like, and again, I'm, I'm stuck on the uh, Rosemary's Baby links. But yeah, they actually could be quite like, young. Kind of like what I would imagine is if the, her husband is thirty-five, like you immediately imagine them as being the oldest people that they could be, like a seventy-five-year-old, you know, parents mm. that had them at forty. But like going by the fact that the older generations back like thirty-five years ago, like a lot of people tended to have kids around twenty-one to about twenty-five. They could be like yeah. late 50s, early 60s, well, which isn't actually that old. No, not at all. And especially considering it seems like they only have one kid. Well, 
bar timothy they only have one kid so like very few if you are going to have kids late in life you don't start you know you might have your third kid later in life but the fact that they have one yeah it seems like they must be a young they must still be a young enough couple which i hadn't considered that i have to recast all the people now god damn it if you were going to be making this into a movie do you have any ideas of your cast so i think um as the father i think uh christoph waltz would be fantastic okay he'd bring like he would give it socks like and he'd be able to play that he he would just play an absolute weirdo uh I think since you said like the American coming to England, I think uh, Jennifer Lawrence would be good, and she can do like she, she was in Mother, like she could do that good sort of old Argento style horror movie. Um, I other than those two so far, I haven't cast anybody. I'm forgetting about the mother; like she needs to be somebody good too, but. I think Christoph Waltz, you could get him. I think he, he might like this material. I might be tempted for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good too. Actually, no, I would rather have I would rather have Elizabeth Olsen. I think I would rather have Elizabeth Olsen because she's kind of got a bit more of a wholesome feel to her and I kind of feel this woman's quite wholesome. Yeah, and I think she fits it. You see, I'm I see it as being like a a, a slow burn seventies horror movie. So, and she kind of fits that. Yeah, thank you for coming on the first ever episode of Space Goat, uh, Johnny. More than welcome. I was glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, I think I think that unlike the first time that when when we were doing the fake news, I think this almost had. I kind of deva- disaster artist theme to it because we did do an awful lot of movies. Oh yeah, yeah. While this so story just lends itself. What would you say to people who again want to listen to your podcast? Where could they find it? Uh, you could find us at disasterartists.com. That'll that's the easiest place. We're on all the all the apps anywhere you listen to uh, Scapegoat or Space Goat, you'll find us. Yeah. Yeah, space goat, scapegoat. Thank you very much for coming on, Johnny. And uh, yeah, uh, regular programming will be presumed, but this is just something I really wanted to make. So uh, thanks very much uh, for coming on. And uh, we make movies out of Reddit stories, so you don't have to. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks very much, guys. Uh, Bye. Bye.